But people ask, why do you go? Why do you go? It costs a lot of money. Why do you take a group, travel across the world, go through flight delays, get over there, deal with jet lag, deal deal with the culture change, can't speak the language, try to adjust to the culture, try to adjust to the food? Why? It doesn't seem logical. Why do you do it, right? And this is something that I'm going to tell you just really got, used to really get under my skin. Because that comes, and God showed me this as, as time has gone on, he showed me that comes with the wrong attitude, That comes from an attitude uh, of people that have a lack of knowledge of God and a relationship with God. That comes from people that have a lack of understanding of what Scripture says about what we're called to do as a church. And 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 I'm going to tell you something, because you got the church, and I'm talking about the Big C Church, which we're a part of. Come on. The Big C Church was established for a mission. It was established for a purpose. And if you call yourselves a Christian, guys, we're a part of that mission. And that mission is to reach the lost. That's why we go. And I tell these people, that's why we have to go. We have got to do this. It's not that we're paying for all of this uh, on our own. When, and, and thank God for the people that gave. And just so you know, that uh, we didn't, none of the money that we went used for the trip came from the church. Other than what you guys gave personally towards the trip. All right? Nothing came out of the church fund for this trip, right? That just shows you God's a big God. Yeah. Amen. But they, see, we, we go because we have a purpose. And that purpose is to do the will of God. That's why, and that's the job of every believer. We are all called for a purpose. I, you probably have heard me say that 10,000 times. But that purpose is not just your job. That purpose is not just, just to, to raise your family uh, 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 with godly principles. That purpose is to reach the lost. And you should all ask yourself, when's the last time you ministered to somebody? Because I'm going to tell you something. That's our mission. That's our mission. Now, I'm not saying you've got to uh, sit with somebody and pour the scripture down their throat. If God leads you to do that, I guess do that. They won't choke, Right? But ministering to somebody is just allowing God to show his goodness and to show how big a God he is through your life. It's your lifestyle. That's how you minister. That's the most powerful ministry you'll ever have, right? Because usually when you come in straight with the scripture, come on, people will just immediately check you off and walk away. They got to trust you. They got to learn that. that, that, They got to develop that relationship with you, right? But ultimately, we go to do the will of God. And we know 2 Peter 3, 9 tells us that God's will is that he is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And I, I always go back to 1 Timothy 2, 4, where it says that he desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That's God's will for us. It's God's will for every person on this earth, regardless of social status, Regardless of money in the bank, regardless of color in the skin, regardless of anything, we are all children of God and we're all called to play a part in reaching the lost souls. And you know, we we have plenty of examples of this. Of course, Jesus came was the biggest example. But we saw this in the disciples. Paul knew this. In Ephesians 3, 7, it says that he, by God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading the good news. Paul knew the importance of reaching the lost. Guys, that's all, that's our job, to reaching lost souls, reaching lost people. We're to follow the example 
that was laid before us. Paul knew it was a privilege. He knew the responsibility of doing it. This is why we go. It's why we, we, we're ready to go. We're ready because I'm going to tell you something. When you learn to create a desire in your heart for people, and I'm going to tell you something. You can always create a desire in your, in your, in your, in your heart for anything. You want to, you want to uh, create a desire for alcohol? Just keep it in front of you long enough. Before long, now you have the desire for it. Come on, this is how people get in trouble. But we have to learn to create a desire in our heart for people. Lost people, hurting people. And you know, this world's full of hurting people right now. Just come on, just turn on any social media device, any your television or whatever you want to. Just look. There's a lot of pain and suffering in this world. But guys, Paul knew he was, you know, Jesus set the example for the disciples and then the disciples followed that example. And then they set the example for us to follow. And he knew what he was called to do. And he considered it a privilege, guys. We got to learn to follow that example. You know, so many people, especially in our country, and I'm, I'm not, you guys know I wouldn't dare, I'm not picking on our country, but we are a very, Americans in general, are, we're kind of arrogant because we're a great nation. You know, there's a lot of people in our nation that need to be humble, right? Most, as a matter of fact, a lot of believers and a lot of Christians in our nations, they only, they, they only view church as just the hangout. It's the gathering place. It's the time we come together and have Coke and ice cream, which we're going to do, and that's okay. That's part of it. But how many you know, we always talk about there's a balance to everything, right? You got to keep it in the middle of the road. Brother Hagan used to always say that like that. Don't, don't drive the car in the middle of the road. Don't fall off in the ditch on the left and don't fall off in the ditch on the right. Stay in the middle, right? Amen. That's, guys, that's why God created the church. He created it with a mission. We were created to be missionaries, to reach the lost, whether they're in Auburn, whether they're in Birmingham, whether they're in Montgomery, whether they're in Minnesota, whether they're in Texas, whether they're in Mexico, South America, Peru, Russia. Come on, even Russia. Come on, Ukraine. We are, that was the purpose of the church. The purpose of the church. And I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of people that I run into. They're, they're confused about what God's plan is for their life. And they're waiting. You know, I, I wish I could. I, I'm going to start keeping track of how many people. Now, I don't need names. I, but, but there's a lot of people that when you talk to them, well, I'm just waiting on God to tell me what I got to do. And so they're doing nothing. And I tell, I tell them every time I hear that, I'm like, well, if you don't know specifically the, the direction you need to go or the plan or what you need to do, that one thing that you can rest assured that you need to be doing is the will of God, which is reaching the lost. Are you ministering to the lost? Start right there. Start right there. And I'm going to tell you, I, I do this quite regularly. I try to do it at least once a week. And I really sit back and I reflect on how have I ministered? And I know it's the, I, I minister up here and I minister through, through counseling, through sitting and conversations and dinners and lunches and all this. But how often, I always ask myself because I'm deliberately, I want to know, I want to make sure I'm doing my part. When have I ministered to somebody outside of this church? Somebody who's hurting, somebody who's lost, somebody who needs a touch from God, somebody who needs to see God in my life, who needs to see how big God is and how good God is through my lifestyle so that they can want to follow him. Amen. If we don't, if we're not the hands and feet of Jesus, there's, there, there's nothing to draw people to follow Christ. Amen. But God wants to do that through all of us. You know, glory to God. And I'm going to tell you something. We've all been given the same mandate, the same mandate, which is Matthew 28. 
18 through 20. And I'm going to read this out of the New King James. And most of this is the Great Commission, guys. Most of you can quote this word for word, but I'm going to read it anyway. Beginning in verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you to do. And lo, I am with you always, even till the end of the age. Guys, this was the Great Commission. This is the mandate that we're called. Why do we go? To fulfill this mandate. Amen. Why do, we, why do we have church to fulfill this mandate? Why do we walk the streets and, 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 and preach in the streets to, to, to fulfill this mandate? And listen, that mandate, just so you'll notice right there, it's not just, it doesn't say, well, anybody above this income bracket, you do that below. It doesn't say anybody of this skin color, blah, blah, blah. It's very specific. Jesus was very specific that that is our, in, in our job. And you can't, and just, let me just say this, you can't take this out of context. It means what it says. You know, there's a lot of people that take scriptures out of context and try to make it, well, they will make it say anything. There's even certain organizations that have developed and established a doctrine on, 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 on scriptures they've taken out of context, right? But you can't take this one out of context, guys. It's very clear. We go to fulfill that mandate. And you've got to keep in mind, guys, anybody without Christ is lost. They're lost, the coworker that you've been working with for four or five years and, and maybe you haven't had a chance to minister to them or whatever, the door hasn't opened and you're, 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 uh, you can tell from their lifestyle, come on, that they're not living for God. They're lost. Come on, and if Jesus comes back, there's a problem there. They may be your friend at work, but do you want to see them fall? Or do you want to see them fail? Guys, you have the answer. We all have it. We got to teach it and we got to preach it, guys, and we got to fulfill the mandate. And we, we just got to follow the example that Jesus set before us because he was a missionary sent to save the lost and, of course, to make disciples. And that's a whole other sermon right there, you know. Making disciples is everything. We don't just want to get them saved, guys. We got to get them taught. We don't, we, you know, too many churches now just want to get them caught. And that's good. But if you don't get them taught, then they don't know how to apply these scriptures to their life and live accordingly. Now they're, come on, they're on a downhill slope. Yeah. Amen. But that's why we go. And that's why missions is important. And, and I'm going to tell you something. The, the devil has really, how I many of you know he's a master deceiver? We know that through scripture. And I'm going to tell you, he can deceive a lot of people. It's why we have transparency in this organization. We have accountability. We have people that, that, that are watching us, that are keeping an eye on us to make sure we don't get out of line. We don't go over here and start teaching this, preaching that. Come on, we have that. Why? Because the, the enemy can deceive anybody. And, and I'm going to tell you, there's been a lot of ministers been deceived. I, I'll never forget there was one uh, in particular in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I won't call his name. Uh, he had a very big ministry. I, I think his church got up to about 2,000 people. And uh, this was back in the 80s when this happened. And he uh, got a revelation that he was the new Jesus, right? And he got way out of whack, way out of whack. And I won't go into detail all of that, but how many of you know that church crashed, crumbled, a lot of hurt, a lot of hurt people, all because the master deceiver got inside his head and deceived him into believing some things that were not scriptural and were absolutely not true, right? But there's been a lot of people deceived into believing that missions isn't, isn't, isn't important, 
right? And I'm going to tell you something. Missions is important, right? And I was talking with a friend of mine, and I had him, uh, a pastor friend of mine, that he does missions conferences. And I had him send me a list of, uh, of what would be considered myths that people, the top myths that people believe concerning, of why we shouldn't do missions. And I really find it hard to believe, I even told him that, I find it hard to believe that in spite of what Jesus just said right there, there's people that will still argue this point and say that missions isn't important. But then there's so many reasons to why that happens. Most of it is they're thinking of it only from a natural standpoint. They're looking at the financial side of it. And how many of you know we don't do that? Come on, we go by what God calls us to do. And if he calls, listen, Jesus isn't going to tell you to do anything that there isn't going to be a way for you to do it. All you have to do is to trust and believe by faith and walk it out and take that step and he'll make a way for it. But that's actually the first one on the list he sent me. He said, and I've heard, we've heard most of these. And there's a lot. I'm not going to give them all to you, but I'm going to give you some of these because it's, it's amazing to me. And you may find yourself believing some of these, but the number one reason that people say you can't, we shouldn't be doing missions is that, it, is that you can't afford missions. It, costs, it does cost a lot of money, right? Now, we, all, we know we've got to be smart with money, and that's correct, but I'm going to tell you something. I, my answer back to them is you cannot afford to be disobedient to what Jesus has asked you to do. Come on, we're, develop, we're building our reward in heaven right here. Come on. We, listen, and that's, listen, that comes from, and let me just say this, a lot of these myths we see mostly into, in the United States. And a lot of that thought process comes from we're, we're really good, and, and as long as we have what keeps us good, let's just keep it right here. And let's hold on to it. And let's ride this thing out until Jesus comes back. And as long as we hold on to what we got and don't come on and don't and, and hold on to us and don't try to give it all away. Come on. If, if we do that, then everything's going to be okay. But let me tell you something. That's not scriptural. It's not scriptural, guys, at all. Amen. Another myth that people believe is the, the, the need is so big, I can't make a difference. And I'm going to tell you, it, I, there's a lot of people get caught up in that, and they, and they won't go on a trip because they think, how can I make a difference in seven days? Seven to ten days, that's the average short-term mission trip. But I'm going to tell you something. You are sowing seeds whether you realize it or not. When we got there, I'll never forget this. I mean, I don't know, most of you, well, I don't know how many of you have traveled through Europe. But when you go swimming in Europe, it's a little different than here. Okay, we actually had to cover this with the team before we went. You know, you may or may not have a top on. All right. And let me just tell you, there ain't much more on the bottom. Just the simple truth. Right. And that's their culture. And that's okay. Men or women. It's just, ugh. you know, ugh. <laughs> some people just don't need to be wearing a thong. Come on, you know. Mm. But anyway, so we, uh, <laughs> Those visions, I hope God prayed that God will remove them from my head. But anyway, there was when we first got there, you know, we took them swimming. We we did a lot of activities with these kids, and we took them to a pool. And they had two girls, two young girls there. Now these are sweet girls, but that's their culture. Is that's how you dress according to the culture. And so they they're about eighteen years old, and they were leaders with these kids. So they would travel with them and kind of keep an eye on, help us keep an eye on them. And these, the first day we went to the pool, of course, these young girls they come out. And their bathing suits are not much. Let's just put it that way. And it's, they weren't doing anything. In, it's just the culture there. It wasn't anything. But then the American girls come out with their modest bathing swimsuits on. And, and, and they began to feel uncomfortable by it. 
Now, the first day passed, and we didn't think anything else about it, but we took them back to another swim, uh, swimming pool. I think it was the last, second to last day before we left. And these girls showed up, and guess what? They had on their modest swimsuits, yeah, right? right? See, we were planting seeds. And you plant, that's just one example. That's not to talk about the times they watched us pray and pray for our meals and, and to make them sit still when we went out to eat and to pray in the restaurants and to pray on the streets and to, you know, all of that. See, we were planting seeds, guys. You can, you can only, you, you never underestimate the difference that you can make because, guys, I'm going to tell you something. Even the smallest amount of light will begin to break down darkness. Right. You can make a difference. Don't let the enemy get in there and tell you you can't, Right? And I'm going to tell you something. There's so many reasons. A lot of people say, another one that we get all the time is, why go across the globe when there's people hurting right here? Well, my answer to them is, because God called me to. God's called us all to do a part. He did not call one person to do it all. He called us all to do our part. Right? That's why we go. That's our area. Now, of course, we work here right in our city, reaching the people right here in our city. Right? But this is a part of who we are. And then another big one that people see, we hear a lot is people say, those people aren't worth it. And I've heard this many times, especially when you go to Africa. Oh, let them die. I've heard that, guys. You talk about breaking your heart. I want to break their neck, you know, because <laughs> my heart is for people. I, I don't care who you are. And, you know, but you got to, it comes from a lack of knowledge. Because when you read scripture, one thing that we can clearly see, guys, is that the conversations, well, let me put it this way. Some of the most significant conversations that Jesus had was with people that the world would consider insignificant. Right. Come on, look at the Samaritan woman at the well. What was Jesus doing? He was showing us, guys, the importance of every single person, regardless of social status, regardless of income in the bank, regardless of where you live, guys. Come on, they are children of God and they're very important. Amen. Very important. And I'm going to tell you, one of the biggest ones, and I'm going, to, I'm going to stop here, but is that people believe that it hurts the local church. And because, and there's so many reasons why they come up with these ideas. It's because we take people from the church to go on these trips, and then the church sometimes has to work double time to make it happen and continue to operate, and this, blah, 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 blah. And then Guys, that comes from an attitude of trying to keep everything for ourselves. Keep it. We can't have that attitude, guys. We can't. You know, remember the example, I've used this before, of when we talk about the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea? I mean, they're right there, and, and this bears repeating. They're right there, 70 miles apart. Now, the Sea of Galilee is just this beautiful, it's this beautiful waterway. And, it's, it, 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 and both of these are fed by the Jordan River. But the, the, and how many of you know the Dead Sea is the Dead Sea, right? But you have the Sea of Galilee that is just full of beauty, majesty. It's just amazing. One of the most lush and plush places in the, in the, in the area right there, right? And they, they both fed from the same way. But there's a difference between the two. They're both fed from the Jordan River, but only one of them sustains life. And the reason being is because the, the reason the Galilee sustains life is because not only does it take water in, but it gives water back out, yeah. right? The Dead Sea only takes water in and just holds on to it to evaporate and to disappear. And so as a result of taking and giving, taking and giving, come on, life, it breeds life. But when you take in and you only hold, come on, it only breeds death. Yeah. 
Come on, glory to God. And the same principle is true with our spiritual lives. We receive Jesus and every benefit that comes along with that, glory to God, but we are called to give back. That's why we go, guys. That's why we go. And let me tell you something, and I'm closing with this. this. The simple truth is we're all called to fulfill the Great Commission. Each and every one of us. I see a room full of Bible preaching, teaching, lost reaching. Glory to God, people sitting right here. So much potential. Don't you let the enemy get in your head and talk you out of your potential. I saw these children. I call them children because I'm 50, about to be 52. Next, uh, the next, is it next week? Wow. Wow. My goodness. I'm getting old, but I watched these children. I watched them tap in. Each one of them tap into their potential. I watched Nathan walk into his celebrity profile over there. <laughs> you know, they don't see a lot of black people over there. It was amazing how many were running up to, can I get a picture, picture, picture? They want to hold. He didn't know who they were. They just wanted a picture with the black man, you know? <laughs> that was the simple truth. Am I right? It was so funny. We're crossing the border back in, you know. <laughs> and the... the he knew I was going to go here. But the Ukrainian guy comes up, you know, he's the military and he's got his AK-47 and he's asking, where are you from? I said, America, you know, and he said, do you have any drugs? This, that? No, he said, do you have any alcohol, cigarettes or weapons? I said, no. He looked straight at Nathan and said, do you have any drugs? <laughs> now he was trying to be funny. He laughed. He did laugh at all, right? <laughs> oh, Nathan didn't know he was going to be a celebrity. Guys, <laughs> we're all called to fulfill the Great Commission, guys. There's no doubt. We are called to go. We are called to be missionaries in some form. And let me just say this. I think Nathan touched on this. Not everybody is called to go live on the mission field. You know, we still support Morgan Bogani and Eswatini. Uh, but they lived there. That's what God's called them to do. But one thing's for sure, guys, is we all have a part. You know, that's why God gifted us with gifts with, with skills and with talents so that you can establish a business or so that you can work a career. But it's not so that you can do all of that just to keep everything for yourself. Right? He made you that way so that you can, so that you can play a part into establishing His kingdom on the earth. He, and he, he made you that way so that you can... You know, some people are just good at making money. See, his dad is probably the best I've ever seen. He could sell you concrete swimming shoes and I mean I don't know how he can do it but he can do it he's just good at it but he gives back and that's what we're all called to do whether it's money whether it's love glory to God we're called some people are called to go on the field but some people are called just to simply send but the point is is we all have a part to play all have a part to play amen glory to God let's pray